When Bill Hambrecht visited a small electronics manufacturer in San Carlos in 1967, Silicon Valley was a very different place than it is today. An energetic man who played football at Princeton, Hambrecht was head of West Coast corporate finance for Francis I. DuPont & Company, one of the country's largest brokerage firms and investment banks. Hambrecht had gotten his job on the West Coast because he was one of the few DuPont bankers with technology experience. He had spent three years in central Florida arranging financing for defense technology and missile systems companies around Cape Canaveral. Silicon Valley's technology industry was then dominated by larger companies, big government contractors. Lockheed had a big presence out at Moffett Field. Hewlett-Packard Company started in a Palo Alto garage in 1938 and had grown by selling products to the government during World War II and the Korean War. It was a world in which it was still considered difficult to start a new company. Small players weren't always taken seriously. So when Hambrecht's boss at DuPont asked him to visit Farinon Electric, a small firm that was bringing in several million dollars a year in revenue, Hambrecht was initially resistant. He thought it would be a waste of time. Nonetheless, he drove out to San Carlos and introduced himself to Bill Farinon, the company's founder. Farinon, whose firm manufactured microwave equipment used for voice communications, had successfully discovered how to sell into the notoriously closed Bell system. The collection of concerns led by Bell Telephone Company dominated the continent's telephone networks. After the two men had spent the better part of a day together, Farinon told Hambrecht that his father-in-law, who had put up most of the capital to get him started, wanted his money back. Farinon was thinking about an IPO. He didn't want to have to sell the company to come up with the money. You're really too small, Hambrecht recalled telling Farinon. The banker listed several rules then used by Wall Street to judge whether companies were ready to go public. At the very least, they needed five years of earnings and roughly $1 million in after-tax profit. Who made up those rules? Farinon asked. I don't know, Hambrecht answered. They are the rules. The founder raised his voice. Those goddamn rules, Farinon said. They were set up for you guys, so you could make a lot of money. They have nothing to do with me. How about looking at this from my point of view? I want my company to stay independent. I need some money. As Hambrecht was leaving, Farinon tried again. Do you think I have a good company here? Oh, yes, Hambrecht answered. I think you really do. Would you put in some of your own money? Absolutely. I would love to buy stock, Hambrecht said. I don't have very much money, he told Farinon. But Farinon had something good. If you're willing to buy stock for yourself, why aren't you willing to sell it to the public? Farinon demanded. Hambrecht didn't have a good answer. The following year, Farinon sold shares to the public for the first time in an IPO led by White Weldon Company, one of DuPont's fiercest competitors. Farinon's parting question nagged at Hambrecht. 